You are now listening to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, Episode 10. Let's get Kabbafied. Welcome to the Soul and Wonder Podcast, where the conduits of the body, depths of the mind, and atlas of the soul are explored with devotion. Through cultural exchange, Christopher and Sarah and their guests will deliver sacred wisdom from around the globe, uncovering the hidden gems of conscious living and holistic healing, all to empower you on your journey of self-discovery. And now, here are your hosts, Christopher and Sarah. Thanks for joining us at the Soul Wonder Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Christopher and Sarah here. We are getting cavified. Time to get cavified. So for those of you who are probably wondering, cavified? What's cavified? Well, you're about to learn everything you could possibly know about what kava is. In the other side of this episode, we're going to play for you an interview that we just did recently with Matt Masifilo. You'll get more information, but he is the founder and owner of Cavified.com. GetCavified.com. Oh, it's GetCavified.com? Yep. Well, so anyway, we have actually just drank our own little glass of kava just now. And Bula. Bula. Kava is a root. I'm not going to give you the full story because Matt covers that much more in much more depth than me. But kava is a root that comes from the South Pacific Islands. And it's a traditional ceremonial type um, medicine that, you know, the people gather around and it's a communal type thing. They drink kava and it's it can relax you or it can make you creative. It can give you energy. It can do all sorts of things. So in this episode, Matt will talk to you a little bit about kava, where it comes from, what it does, where it's going in our culture today, and how he got into working with kava and his own website business selling kava as well. So... We hope you enjoy this one. Yeah. Also, this whole episode is a health tip. <laughs> so there <laughs> you, won't be a health tip at the end of the episode because this entire episode is a health tip. You ain't getting one at the end. The health tip is go buy you some kava. It's great. It's smooth. It's not a drug. It's a wonderful little mother's na- mother nature's supplement. So anyway, enjoy this episode. Ciao. Hey everybody, we're back here today with an awesome guest. We have Matt Massifilo, founder of Cavified. And for you those for for those of you that are wondering what Cavified is, Cavified is an innovative Polynesian-owned company committed to sharing kava culture with the rest of the world. They are the creators of the Olive Ball, the world's first kava maker. And a little bit of background about Matt. Matt was born and raised in Hawaii of Tongan Caucasian descent, Stanford University engineering grad, and former NFL player. Welcome, Matt. Thank you. Thanks for having us. We're super excited to uh, kind of dig in a little deeper about, you know, your path especially and how it got to where it is. And, of course, more about kava because I'm sure our listeners right now are wondering a lot more about that. Yeah, I think it's really interesting, though, you know, your background, um, you know, being a Stanford grad and then also having uh, an NFL career. I think that's really cool. And, you know, now where you are, it sounds like your path has gone many different ways. And uh, now you find yourself uh, in the Kava world. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. No, it's uh, it's exciting to finally be able to commit myself uh, fully to the you know uh, broadening the the kava industry and helping you know more uh, consumers uh, discover the the awesome uh, benefits of kava root. So can you, I know a lot of our listeners may not know what kava is. Are, are you able to talk a little bit about what kava is, its history, um, where it comes from, and the benefits of kava? Absolutely. Well, uh, kava is, uh, is a root from the kava plant. Um, it's primarily grown in the South Pacific Islands. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like a shrub uh, and it's a it's a cultivated uh, root that has been uh, farmed by um, the people of the South Pacific, my ancestors, um, for thousands of years. I mean, before before uh, written language was uh, available down there. Um, and the, the 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 uses of it are are pretty broad. Um, it's been used for religious purposes, medicinal purposes, uh, social purposes um, for thousands of years. Um, a lot of the, uh, you know, benefits that uh, American consumer uh, target targeted for are really just its uh, natural um, sedating properties. Um, it's a, it's a natural muscle relaxer, stress reliever, uh, anti-anxiety remedy. Um, there's just a lot of research going on it with, with it right now. It's kind of, it's kind of one of those ancient, um, uh, plants that have so many uses. It's hard to mention all of them at, at once. And if you, if you, you know, do your research online, you'll see like, you'll see all the research going on in it. There's a lot of, uh, cancer research going on with kava right now. Wow. Um, that's, that's been in the news recently. Um, there's some published stuff, just, just, uh, research with it and seeing how it can, uh, suppress, you know, uh, tumor growth and whatnot in different areas. Um, also good, great for sleep. Um, it's, uh, just kind of, it's kind of, I guess the best way to describe it to the, you know, the general American public, it's, it's it's like a, it's a social lubricant but it's also it's the yin to the yang of coffee in a way it's everything you want out of coffee or green tea in the morning to uh awaken you and get you going uh kava's kind of you know the opposite of that it's everything you want in a drink when you come home for work you're stressed from a long day you want to unwind relax um naturally um, and just, you know, end your day on a relaxing note so that, you, you know, you can enjoy your free time after work and whatnot. Um, but I think the, the true hidden, uh, benefit of kava that I think, uh, the kava bar scene is starting to bring to the general American public is the communal aspect of kava. Kava has always been a communal drink, um, from the beginning of time. It's, it, it's where, uh, you know, the village, uh, say, for instance, in my dad's home country in Tonga, there's, you know, there's the village town hall is where all the people congregate um, nightly to, to drink kava, you know, discuss social issues and whatnot, um, and also pass on stories from the elderly to the youth, uh, history, knowledge, and whatnot. Uh, it's just a gathering, a gather, a place to gather and drink kava, 
and kind of just, you know, uh, build a community. And you, you'll see that if you, if you visit a kava bar in the U.S. today, uh, they've kind of uh, adapted that um, uh, unspoken part about kava and, and built, you know, small communities around it where unlike, unlike going to a bar where you're drinking alcohol or, you know, a coffee shop where you're drinking coffee by yourself, uh, there's something about kava and it's, it's tradition where you, if you go to, if you drink kava, naturally people are just going to, uh, uh, bring themselves to you. If you go to a kava bar, it's probably one of the very few places where you'll just end up striking up a very deep conversation with an absolute stranger. And by the end of the end of your time there, you, you'll feel like you've known them, uh, for a very long time. And that's just, that's just the unspoken tradition of kava of how it just brings people together. I think that's really cool because, like you mentioned, um, alcohol, that seems to be the only drink in our culture in the Western world that right now has a communal aspect to it. But unfortunately, it comes with such negative ramifications when, you know, overly consumed and things of that sort. And oftentimes people end up making poor decisions because of loss of inhibition and with kava there's like nothing wrong you know it's we can personally vouch for that because we've tried multiple strains from your company at this point but um i think that that's really cool that it could possibly infiltrate our culture in a positive way and create a communal you know feeling around something more healthy and beneficial rather than alcohol and with that being said, I really think that community is super important. Um, you know, Sarah and I have traveled um, around the world and have lived in Africa, and um, we understand that that sense of community that a lot of these places have. And I really think that it'd be great if more kava bars start popping up um, to bring that to the United States, because I really feel like we can use that um, sense of community here. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Kava bars right now across the U.S. are are opening up at a record pace. It's it's kind of been brewing for a few years. Um, that's why I was excited at the time I did to uh, you know get fully involved in the Kava industry and help be the catalyst to uh, you know mobilize Kava with the Alu Ball. Um, just just you know just like the coffee industry. If you look at the history of co- the coffee industry uh there there are certain it kind of went through the same uh trajectory um at a much lower pace just because we didn't have the internet and social media back then but you know you have your shops um and then you know you need your makers for if you think of coffee uh you know there's there's a hundred different types of ways you can make coffee out there and with kava it's just one of those things i've because i grew up uh in hawaii and uh, deep in my uh, father's Tongan culture, kava has just been around. You know, it's just been a part of my life since since I you know learned to walk. Um, and everywhere I went, I've always drank kava. And everyone that I've met or has gotten to know me ended up drinking kava with me and loving it. But you know, for something so awesome, the whole the question always was why? If people once they have it, why? And they love it. Why? Why isn't it, uh, you know, better known in the U.S.? Why don't people know uh, the awesome benefits of kava? And we only started to see that take effect when you actually had uh, entrepreneurs start these kava bars and uh, more, and really, uh, you know, 
share that with their local community. And now, you know, places are having a lot of success, so it's getting mimicked in, you know, in city to city. I mean, I think every week I could probably, every week at least right now, I, I, uh, I'm aware of at least one or two uh, new Kava companies opening up around the U.S. So wow. it, it won't it won't be long before you see a Kava bar, you know, in every uh, major city uh, soon. I think probably I'm I'm guessing by the end of the year you're going to see one in almost every major city uh, pop up, or or if not, just show a present, just presence, just because uh, you know that's that's just where we're at right now, and and uh, that's what we're doing is just. With all the balls, mobilizing the the Kava scene from, you know, not so that you're not just limited to where a Kava bar is. Uh, if someone's at a Kava bar, you know, and they want to have Kava at work to, you know, ease the stress of the day, they can bring the all the ball to work, make Kava at work, and then that's and they're sharing Kava. It's just kind of like a trickle effect, you know. It's like at first it was just the Polynesians, you know, sharing. Kava with their local community, and every now and then a non-Polynesian would uh, drink Kava with them, but it was very limited um, in space just because, you know, there's only so many uh, uh, people um, in existence of where Kava came from, and now with the Kava bars, they're, they're just multiplying the amount of people that are discovering it and whatnot. So it's it's, a, it's an exciting time uh, for the industry, and uh, I'm excited that more, every day there's more and more people um, discovering what uh, the Kavaru can do for them. Yeah, for sure, and we've shared it a lot with, uh, you know, the people that are surrounded by us. Including my mom. <laughs> that's awesome. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that's the, that's, you know, that's the thing about Kava, too. The, the communal aspect of it, it's just kind of when you – when you drink it, when you're drinking it medicinally, just for to go to bed, you know, or at work, it's great for that. But the real, the real magic in kava is when you drink it with friends. So it's just there's just something with kava that some unspoken thing with it um, that that you just can kind of see happening everywhere is when when someone starts drinking kava, it's just natural for them to want to share it with their circle of friends, and then it's just it just bubbles from there and you know the community grows and grows and grows absolutely in fact we actually when we got our olive ball shaker in the in the mail um you know about a month back we actually took it to a friend's house and uh the same night and uh poured in a little kava supreme and uh <laughs> and hung out for the night it was fantastic it really was it was a really good experience well that's the thing i find is pretty fascinating about kava there's so many different strains and there's a different one for different feelings and since we knew we were going to someone's house to hang out and talk and do whatever we you know we picked the right strain I think for that one because the whole night you know everybody was communicative and just like conversation got really deep and everything was just you know everybody was articulating very precisely and well and clear and it um I don't know it was really interesting and then of course we've had other kava strains where I couldn't really didn't really want to talk I just wanted to lay on the couch and you know just relax and be just exist and so it's really neat that there's so many different ones you can choose from oh absolutely yeah the 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 variety of the the cultivars are really um they're kind of they're they're really like a uh the history book of the the people of the south pacific because kava is a cultivated plant um 
it was, you know, it's what we have today was basically engineered by the farmers over the course of time. So different uh, communities uh, over the course of time throughout the South Pacific may have used kava for a different um, sense. Some may have used it more socially, some may have used it more uh, medicinally, and other communities may have used it more uh, religiously. So over the course of, you know, a few thousand years, um, the the farmers would select you know the effects they like they would they would harvest all the all the 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 kava plants and just naturally select the ones that they liked the effects they liked and over time that just kind of um, uh, translated to different cultivars based on where the kava is coming from because it's just how uh, the farmers selected the effects they want in in that region and that's that's where you get the different uh, effects in the, the plants um, across the Pacific. It's pretty, that's pretty incredible. And I have a quick question for you that I just thought of now. Um, do you think with the rise in popularity that it could ever run the risk of becoming illegal or classified as like a drug? Um, I, I don't, I don't think the, I think, I think we're beyond that now, especially, um, especially with, you know, where, where we are as a world, the globalization of the world. Um, uh, the Kava was uh, unjustly banned in, in Europe back in uh, the early 2000s, and they, they overturned that in Germany recently, um, and that, there's still a lot of stuff ongoing. But I think just the cultural aspect, I mean, the Tongan culture really, like, personally, the Tongan culture um, wouldn't exist without Kava. Kava... Kava is so ingrained in so many cultures um, that it it would be literally uh, an attack on uh, you know a whole uh, a whole way of life for uh, you know uh, a large minority group um, across the world. Um, for example, uh, two years ago I was I had uh, the privilege of going down to Tonga for the the coronation of the king and. Um, got to participate in the ancient coronation ceremony, the uh, Tamafa Kava ceremony, and the the ancient, the way the king has always been uh, coronated for over, uh, you know, centuries is a, a Kava ceremony. Like, the king would not become the king of Tonga unless he drank uh, his shell of Kava in a Kava ceremony. Like, that's just how ingrained it is in the culture that, like, I mean, any, any like, uh, classification as, like, uh, getting it scheduled as a drug is basically, you know, attacking a whole way of life that, that I just, I just don't think, you know, that would, that would just, that would, the way things are now, I don't think something like that would fly, uh, in the eyes of the general public. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point, and I hope that you're right with that. <laughs> I, I do. I, I hope that cultures would remain protected and, you know, respected and things of that sort. Um, so on to uh, another question here. So you have, like I said earlier, you have an interesting background uh, being an engineer graduate from Stanford and a former NFL player. And I know you mentioned that, you know, your family has roots in Tonga. So you've been exposed to that culture and Kava and everything. But what got you ultimately on the path to working with Kava? 
Uh, really, I well, it's just kind of always been a part of my life, and it's just it's kind of a collection of you know all life events. Um, uh, I've worked with Kava in the past, and uh, you know, in, importing Kava is uh, as hard as it sounds. It's you're de- you know you're dealing you're dealing with uh, third world countries that don't play by the same rules that uh, you know that are placed in the U.S. Um, and whatnot, and that that just didn't seem right for me at, uh, back then. And so I moved. I, I continued with football uh, out of college, and and then it was just kind of you know the, the best part about football uh, or playing in the NFL was just you know it's it's kind of like a a, a microcosm of the of the United States. It's you know you're in a locker room with a hundred or so guys, and you got people from all aspects of life just condensed in a small room. So you really get to see. Uh, all types of perspectives uh, across the U.S. that you wouldn't be able to see out in public because it's so spaced out. So just just seeing different perspectives on Cabo and I shared it with everyone um, just kind of triggered the idea that, you know, uh, maybe not everyone wants to drink Cabo. <laughs> the only way we drink it, you know, in Hawaii, which is out of a a bucket or a big kava bowl, like maybe, you know, a lot of people will try kava if it's presented in something they're already accustomed to, you know, a little, take, take the, a little of the intimidation factor out of kava because it's already pretty intimidating when you talk about it at first. And then if you present it, you know, in the traditional sense in the coconut shell or in a big wooden bowl, the, those two things combining might deter, you know, a lot more people from just giving it a shot and that's that's what kind of got you know my whole engineering background um, going uh, and then I just kind of started uh, playing around with some things uh, 3d printing some things uh, prototyping some things and then created olive ball and it's been a major hit so far um, based on that vision that I had that eliminating that intimidation appearance factor of kava will uh, encourage more, more people to try it and then if they try it once hopefully they become curious enough to learn more about it and then really connect with the culture behind it after they you know gave it a shot in making it um, the way uh, the olive ball makes it like that's that's kind of the vision of theirs how do I connect the uh, general American public to the rich culture of kava it's the olive ball is kind of like that catalyst in between connecting them from their uh, worries of trying something new to uh, getting them over the hump and then getting their, you know, juices flowing, their thoughts uh, provoked, and, and then they continue on that journey and, you know, learn more about how not only awesome is it for you to drink, but just the, the deep history and uh, culture and community behind it. Absolutely. Right, right. That's pretty cool. That's uh, I like that. <laughs> so the alu ball shaker, how exactly does that work? Well, if you if you ever made kava, you know the traditional way of how um, I've been making it all my life. Most people have been making it all their lives. It's it's because 
the, the thing that you're drinking in kava that gives you all these wonderful um, effects are kava lactones. And it's a compound that's not water-soluble. It's kind of like a glue, glue-like oily substance that sticks to the, the um, starch and fiber in the roots. So the brewing process is really just um, agitating the root enough or compressing the root enough to get as much as you can off the root and into the water um, as sediment. And so that, that process itself is just having a large uh, strainer bag um, and just kind of kneading it in water, uh, squeezing it um, to, so that you you don't uh, consume all the you know fibers and pulp in the root that can upset your stomach and you get all the the cavalactones and um, minimum sediment in the the beverage and you're consuming that to get the effect without the the pulp and stuff that would upset upset your system so that's the way you brew it traditionally and that's the way I recommend if you're trying to uh, if you're trying to you know drink with friends and make uh, make a large bowl of it. That's that's always going to be the best way. It's like you can't beat around the bush uh, when you're trying to make a lot of kava that way. Um, whereas the olive ball is more for you know one one person or one to two or three people to share uh, a little bit at a time, um, just for uh, uh, daily uh, life needs and whatnot. But the olive ball kind of mimics that process by. Um, having the kava root in the olive oil apparatus, uh, which is uh, a sphere with a, a very fine stainless steel mesh um, welded into it. And when the, when the, uh, the ball is in the, in the shaker bottle and the root's free inside of the, the olive oil, the, the shaking motion, basically the agitation of the force generated from the ball with the water flowing through the ball, um, crashing into the strainer mesh, just creates, um, uh, it creates force on the root, um, distributed evenly in the, in the ball. Uh, and just, it just kind of goes back it, the, the constant agitation. It's just, it's just mimicking that same process, but in a, uh, more efficient, um, faster and, uh, sanitary way. Right. And it's convenient for people when they want to just bring it yeah. to a gathering or something. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's not intimidating. Also it's, it's compact. Um, there's no cleanup mess out of there. You don't need to, uh, get your hands dirty and you can, you can make it, um, you can make small amounts easily. And also because with the spherical shape that you're getting uh, even distribution of pressure um, on the root in there as it, you know, gets agitated. It's, it's all, it's, it's not getting, um, it's getting evenly distributed because when you have kava in a bag and you're squeezing, you know, when you're applying pressure, the, the root in the middle is getting a little more pressure than the root on the outside just because the mass um, applied from your hands and whatnot. Just, yeah, just, uh, it's just it's just a more efficient way really of making it sure right right so um yeah, sorry to get all technical on you no, <laughs> no that's, that's all good that's, right? that's what we were looking for <laughs> <laughs> okay um so how is there any stories that's like stick out on your mind of how kava has transformed some people's lives around you 
Um, I think there's a lot. Uh, for me, um, just, I mean, there, there are a lot of, you know, former alcoholics that I know have gotten on to Kava. That's been a lifesaver for them. Um, also, you know, just a lot of people with social anxiety uh, that just need, you know, something to take, you know, take that that stress off and and whatnot. Uh, but I mean, really, it's just it kind of fills that void of you know uh, the people that don't want to go out that but still want to have a social you know experience, you know, go socialize somewhere to go at night um, for the kava bars, but don't want to drink alcohol, that kind of fills that void um, where before, you know, before kava bars in just the American uh, market, if you didn't drink alcohol or didn't want to drink alcohol and it's a Friday, Saturday night, you're kind of isolated on your own while, you know, everyone else is going out, you're kind of, there's, you know, thousands of people like that. It's like, okay, well, I'm not going out. What do I do? But you still want to feel included in the, in a night scene. And that's kind of what the, that's kind of what Kava is doing right now. in in the U S as far as, um, filling that void and changing those lives for, for a place to go and, you know, uh, commingle in the community. That's really cool. And we're excited cause we're, uh, Hopefully soon enough, uh, we're in Charlotte right now, but we're going to be going to Asheville to check out the Noble Cava Bar there. So we're excited to do that. Awesome. Yeah, yeah there's, there's, a, there's a few up in there in North, in North and South Carolina mm-hmm. I've seen uh, recently. Uh, I know I, I got to meet the Cava Connection uh, guys when I was playing for the Panthers last year. Um, nice. that, was, that was pretty cool. So how can um, our listeners find you or find your website? What it, What's the information they need for that? If they have more questions or they're curious about ordering Kava? Mm-hmm. Uh, our website is uh, com, And you could also uh, just look up Kava Supreme or, or the Olu Ball on Amazon. We got, we, uh, we got it both on there just because... Uh, you know that we know that Amazon is uh, uh, more convenient um, for uh, a lot of uh, consumers. Um, but yeah, I mean, our website though we'll, we'll put we'll put Amazon shipping uh, speed to the for a run. We'll give them a run for it because we ship pretty fast too. So <laughs> you can go go on either both. Great. Nice. We'll put those in our show notes too, so that our listeners can um, have the direct link. So um, lastly. What is the future of, uh, or what do you see as the future of Kavified? And um, I don't know if you want to relay this information, but if there's any future plans that you guys have, or uh, whatever, whatever you want to give the listeners. Yeah, I mean, well, our vision is really just being uh, helping people connect, uh, helping Kava connect with people. That's kind of like our whole model that's why we that's why our flagship product is the olive oil and moving forward you know we're always trying to innovate around that space of uh enabling people to uh enjoy kava just overall improving the user experience of kava is what we're uh looking to do through um innovative products um and and whatnot um so 
you know, hopefully it's the, the olive ball, it's the version, it's in its first version, we improve some things, and, you know, from from the awesome feedback we get from our our fans and customers, we, we take that into our research and, uh, you know, figure out better ways to uh, help people enjoy Kava. Nice. Well, we like that. And uh, we'll be looking out for anything else that you guys come out with, because, you uh, we're on the Kava boat. We're on the Kava boat. <laughs> well, thanks for having me, and uh, thanks for uh, uh, all your time and what you guys do. And uh, uh, it's awesome that you're both uh, sharing Kava with all of your followers, too. And, um, yeah, just appreciate it. Well, right back at you. Thanks for coming on our podcast. I'm sure our listeners will enjoy this episode, and I bet you they'll uh, at least look up Kavafied and see, you know, about maybe ordering some kava for themselves. So thanks once again. Well, yeah, we're, we're always here to help. Uh, thanks, Chris and Sarah. Cool. I appreciate it, man. What an inspiring interview that was. Oh, definitely. How interesting. He knew everything about the history and how it's evolved and... I hope he's right about where it's going. Yeah, for sure. So this week we are really excited uh, about the interviews that we have coming up, as we always are. We're always excited. <laughs> but we always have awesome guests, and we have three more this week, so I'm really looking forward to that. Yes, yes. We're In the next episode, we'll be introducing to you a wonderful lady named Chloe. She is responsible for eating intuitively and living consciously and she spreads that knowledge and spirituality to her followers and the people that she helps with her books and her programs and things of that sort so you'll get to learn a lot about her and what she's doing in this world today and we have some juicy ones after her as well so stay tuned with soul and wonder keep updated with us because you've got good episodes coming weekly can't wait can't wait 